0: There is a reason why um, authors like Martin Neumeyer and Simon Sinek uh, talk about the why and, and the purpose and the kind of, and the brand being the gut feeling or, or the the perceptions that, that customers um, form about the brand or the meaning they attach to a brand, because it, 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 Uh, However you look at it and however you spin it, there is a a more intangible aspect to a brand and to branding. And I think that's why uh, we even had this um, um, debate in the first place. Welcome to the studio podcast, a show for ambitious creatives who want to learn more about creative thinking and strategic design. I'm your host, Ilya Lobanov an experienced designer and brand strategist and founder of Studio, a brand agency focused on growing and elevating brands and businesses. I also happen to be very passionate about passing on those skills and mindsets that I've picked up over the years, sharing tested strategies and actionable real world advice that's helped me as well as others in the creative industry to solve bigger problems, earn more respect and higher paychecks and ultimately become better creative leaders. And so, this podcast is no different. If you are new to the podcast, I want to say a huge thanks to you uh, for joining. And if you're someone who has been listening to the podcast, I appreciate you, and your support means the world to me. Now, today's podcast episode is actually going to be slightly different than that. I do not have a guest. And uh, instead, what I would uh, like to do is uh, talk about uh, a recent brand debate that we've had um, online. And the, uh, for a bit of context as to what the brand debate was about and how it got started, uh, we have had uh, an interview with Steph Hamelink. He was a previous guest on the podcast as well as uh, Rob Meyerson and uh, uh, Frank from Good Day Frank also known as Regan McCrill. Uh All of those three uh, are brand designers or brand strategists, and someone, uh, people who work in the, in the branding industry. And uh, all of those have been guests on this podcast previously. And we've ran into each other quite a bit on social media platforms and in the comments. And uh, one thing that we've noticed is that... Um, Uh, There has been quite a bit of confusion and also a a bit of debate about certain topics and disagreements regarding certain definitions for uh, as far as branding uh, is concerned. And I once jokingly commented uh, on Steph's uh, post or comment that we should uh, debate this in real life uh, scenario or in real time rather than using using, uh, comments section for our (laughs) long-winded debates. And uh, he's ended up taking me up on that offer. And then together with um, uh, Reagan and uh, Rob, we've uh, joined forces. And so we've made it. We've we've made our first ever episode uh, a few weeks back uh, live on YouTube. Uh, Steph had the uh, technical and uh, artistic uh, direction for setting all of that up and organizing it. And so we've held it uh, live on his YouTube channel where we've discussed the difference between brand differentiation and brand distinctiveness. Now, you might think, like, why Why are these things uh, different or what's the difference between them? Because to a lot of creatives or a lot of people even in the branding area, these uh, two definitions can almost be uh, somewhat... Um, uh, related to each other or, or one thing of the same coin uh, or rather the same uh, definition just a different terminology. Uh, so we've actually uh, discussed this uh, two at great length and so in this episode I actually want to give you a bit of a snapshot as uh, the key takeaways perhaps that something that you can learn and apply in your own thinking when, whenever you're thinking about brand design uh, brand identity design or brand strategy or branding in general so first of all to i guess to give you some uh, context let's dive into the definitions of brand differentiation and uh, brand dif- distinctiveness as far as how as we understand it from our own perspectives so uh, Rob's uh, perspective uh, he shared his uh, definition first and uh, for him brand differentiation is Uh, in a nutshell is how does a brand stand out uh, or stand apart in the market. Uh, The way that he's come uh, through uh, that background of uh, consulting and working for those really large uh, branding and and marketing agencies, the the things that they uh, talk about is a brand needs to be three things credible, relevant and differentiated. And I guess sometimes in that space differentiation and distinctiveness can be treated as one and and the same. And uh, I guess that's just a school of thought that's taught in that consulting and agency space. Uh, then, uh, from my opinion and, and uh, the way that i always seen uh, brain differentiation is that uh, it's um, not the same as brain distinctiveness. I've always understood that brain distinctiveness is to do more with the visual assets of a company or, or a more uh, tangible aspects. So it could be audible, uh, it could be the shape, it could be the color, it could be the logo, it could be the, the brand name or the slogan or um, the jingle. Uh, basically anything that uh, makes the consumers uh, be able to remember you uh, through a particular tangible touch point. So that's brand distinctiveness. And to me, brand differentiation is something that Usually, you you get through a process of brand positioning, uh, and and or brand uh, strategy process of some kind, where you define some kind of a framework uh, which you use, uh, and it's a framework that helps you to position yourself in the minds of the customers in a or a, a vacant spot within that market space or that industry, and then the, the brand distinctiveness, the way it relates to brand differentiation, in my eyes, is that once you have that uh, platform, that framework of the brand positioning, where you have defined uh, your brand differentiation, uh, from there that gives you a solid point of view from where you can form and create distinctive brand assets, uh, also known as create brand distinctiveness. And we, uh, I guess, in in that sense, Steph uh, Havelink and I, we we kind of agree to, to that degree um, from the perspective of the brand differentiation, he's seeing uh, uh, and defines as something that's a meaningful differentiation for the customer. So it's trying to be different meaningfully. And of course, the distinctiveness is something that you're making sure uh, where you are visually distinguished from other brands, where the consumer can uh, easily uh, be able to tell you, your brand apart from other brands within that industry, uh, with that, within that segment, uh, or in general. And uh, brand differentiation is always seen as some, uh, something that's more meaningful and has some uh, uh, deeper connection to it, whereas distinct- distinctiveness is some that's always been seen as uh, almost surface level, um, not meaningful and um, unless it's based in some kind of strategy or uh, differentiation process. So this is where the the whole argument and debate uh, was, uh, or the the beef of the debate was actually taking place, is this discussion between the three of us where Steph is coming from an angle of, uh, from the chain of thought of um, differentiation is not necessary. And in fact, um, distinctiveness is the the kind of the crucial component when you do uh, provide branding services for brands. So he's coming from the the school of thought of Byron Sharp, uh, who uh, has written several books and one of his books uh, talks about that consumers don't really have brand loyalty, and in fact, uh, majority of consumers do not really um, understand the difference or those meaningful differences that the brands uh, tend to uh, put uh, or try to incorporate into their branding, and uh, the consumers actually uh, there is no point or there is no uh, distinction or or I should say differentiation for for those brands. So, for instance, there is a bit of a statistic uh, where um, they say that 70 percent of Coke buyers also drink Pepsi. Now, I'm sure that there are probably uh, a great number of um, people who uh, like kind of, you know, real loyal fans of a particular brand and I can equate myself in that camp. Uh, For instance, I probably would not take Pepsi if Coke was unavailable, uh, but uh, at the same time i do recognize that uh plenty of people do not have that same level of loyalty to particular brands that they, they will uh happily choose another brand if it comes along if it offers them uh something uh some kind of a benefit uh or additional benefit to uh to them choosing that brand over another and uh so uh, the steps um point of view essentially uh, anchored around that fact that There's a lot of science that shows that brands are not meaningfully differentiated, especially those bigger brands like Coke and McDonald's and and even Tesla and and Red Bull. Even though all of those brands, uh, you know, us, the branding guys, will often use as examples where we refer to them as um, truly differentiated. There's lots of science that actually shows that uh, as far as consumers are concerned, they don't necessarily see any differentiation between those brands and therefore, uh, why are we using the brand differentiation as this holy grail? Uh, because as Steph argues that a lot of uh, people in branding actually equate branding to brand differentiation. So in in, in, out, in other words, to say that uh, when anyone is doing branding, the, the entire exercise is to find something that's differentiated. And his argument is that this is not necessary because from a consumer's point of view, uh, we're actually trying to, uh, we are exaggerating the importance of it and so um, uh, we are overrating the effect essentially that brand, effect, uh, brand differentiation has on brand growth and we uh, should be focusing more on creating brand salience. Uh, brand salience is a process of um, sticking in the consumer's mind whether that's through Uh, continuous repetitive uh, exposure to to a distinctive brand asset so that you form kind of a memory for for that consumer uh, within that industry space or you if you're a new uh, a new player in the market then you can uh, start building salience by initially grabbing the attention in some way and uh, again it doesn't uh, the argument is that it doesn't need to be meaningful it just needs to grab attention and then from there you can sort of um, continue to build salience through continuous repetition of um, exposure to those differentiated, sorry, distinctive brand assets. So um, the uh, that was the guts of the conversation, essentially, about the distinctiveness and differentiation. And uh, I guess both uh, Rob and I were both more in the camp of, we are not completely sold on the fact that differentiation is Completely irrelevant or completely useless. Um, I guess we both see the the value in the statistics that Byron Sharp presents. However, I do feel that uh, there is a reason why um, authors like Martin Neumeyer and Simon Sinek uh, talk about the why and and the purpose and the kind of and the brand being the gut feeling or, or the. The perceptions that that customers um, form about the brand or the meaning they attach to a brand. Because uh, however you look at it and however you spin it, there is a a more intangible aspect to a brand and to branding. And I think that's why uh, we even had this um, um, debate in the first place and organized this debate. Is because there is there are those two camps of uh, people in the branding sphere where one camp feels that we should rely all on statistics and numbers, and another one argues that we should rely on the gut feelings and and forming the meaningful connections. Uh, I honestly and truthfully I believe that the truth, as always for me, uh, is the yin and yang. It's that the, the both uh, have to coexist. They have to coexist. In fact. Um, the existence of one means that the other has to exist as well, and they. Well, I guess they may not necessarily be the polar opposites, but they are um, components of the same um, area and same sphere. So, uh, differentiation. Uh, we uh, I think we agreed as a as a collective that differentiation can be a really good platform to be able to create distinctive brand assets. So that means uh, injecting even the meaning into logos or naming or taglines that's based on that uh, branding uh, foundation, the brand strategy foundation, because it sets the tone and direction for logos and all those brand assets. And uh, because it is uh, also about that um, that kind of underlying, uh, psychological reason why, how people make personal decisions. Uh, a lot of the decisions happen on that uh, subconscious level, where we kind of emotionally make our decisions and then we are, we rationally uh, look for logical explanations for validating those decisions. So we still need uh, those both components, the, the statistic and statistics and numbers, but also the that whole aspect of uh, trying to appeal to those underlying feelings and emotions of customers. And I think they're both um, relevant. So so I think that's some, a key point that we, I think, un, uh, uh, agreed on. And and while I also recognize uh, Steph's point to, to say that uh, there are plenty of businesses that both um, uh, Steph and I, and also Rob have worked with um, uh, business owners and businesses where, they actually didn't have a a truly differentiated product or truly differentiated approach and in some of those cases it does feel sometimes that um, you are almost forcing the client to uh, to find some kind of deep meaning or deep purpose through those exercises that many branding experts quote-unquote experts they use those um, the simon cynic uh, golden circle and they treat it like the, the holy grail of branding. So to me, that's one of the key components of, of branding uh, is to find the why, or the reason for existence. But I don't believe that every brand will have some deep meaningful purpose, um, at least not from the outset. Sometimes I believe that um, uh, purpose can find you. So it's uh, I have a similar view on the passion f- as far as creatives. So there's this whole... Um, understanding and belief that you should follow your passion and that success will follow. So I totally disagree with this and I think that's a dangerous advice to follow your passion. In my experience and, and with people that I've uh, worked with and come, and other successful people that I've come across with and uh, discussed this topic with, uh, I've actually come to believe and understand that uh, your passion is something that finds you. You can uh, develop a passion early on for something, and and get lucky essentially, uh, uh, or if, if through dedication you can commit yourself and uh, f, you know find a way to make money from it, and and make sure that um, you're contributing something to the society through that work as well. Uh, but again, in my experience, the way it happens is sometimes counterintuitive. So it's almost like you have to start from maybe what you are good at, uh, what skills you are naturally good at, and also maybe skills that you know are uh, required or, or needed by people um, in your community. And and also uh, maybe something that can actually pay um, pay you f- uh, for, for, for the service or for those skills. And then through uh, continuous application, you can actually start to develop your passion because you tend to, um, you know, uh, get really excited about uh, something that you are really good at. So you tend to start to f- almost fall in love with the with the process. Um, uh, and, but you can only do that through continuous process and trial, trialing uh, different skills and different industries because sometimes, y- y- you know, people with passion, they tend to... Um, get excited about something and dive into uh, an industry and actually find out that there are so many negative things that they hate about this particular industry that uh the passion wanes and uh, disappears so i think that's uh if you approach it from the opposite almost end um you you can f- um, the passion can find you and, uh, but I digress, I, I just think that that's uh, kind of the way that I, s- I look at the brand differentiation or brand purpose, rather, I should say, the, the why or the, ex- the reason for, for the brand to exist. I think sometimes they need to start with the, the kind of the facts and figures, uh, like the, what do we provide, what, what, what is our product, what is our service, uh, what, who are the people and um, what's our approach, so how do we approach this. And and focus on that, and focus on some uh, small differentiation of how you can um, essentially package that service or product. And through uh, that process, you can find you can start looking for ways that you can also align that with customers' needs. And I think through that you can actually find your reason for being or or the why. But I don't again, I don't think that it has to be this kind of change the world uh, purpose and meaning. Uh, it can be truly as as um, uh, basic as we create this product because we want to, we believe, you know, every customer should have the access to X, Y and Z product, even like uh, the larger organizations, the smaller, um, you know, business owners should have access to this type of technology, uh, for example. And so we empower them, you know, by providing our um, service in that way. So whatever it. we uh, um, it is whatever service you provide, whatever product you provide. I feel that the the why and the reason for being doesn't have to be this um, amazing, uh, yeah, changing the world kind of scenario. So the way that we kind of agreed in the in the debate with Steph and Rob is that the the kind of um, if we completely take bar sharps approach we start start to think about that well that's kind of like an attack on on people and in, in branding experts who do use that brand purpose and rely on that brand differentiation as a holy grail and therefore what is the what is the point of even doing that if byron sharps point is correct and that consumers don't really care about that um, and so so then we can just um, completely assume and um, concede that only the hugest, the, the most biggest companies are the ones that are most salient and the ones that will always continue to create more sales and will continue to dominate. And um, that's all that matters. And therefore small businesses that uh, we work with, uh, small and medium business owners can't win unless they can chuck you know uh, millions and millions of dollars of onto on advertising to be able to, um, be seen by the consumers. So perhaps there's a spectrum of uh, or continuum between differentiation and distinctiveness where it kind of ebbs and flows, where uh, there's a scale of how much differentiation uh, you truly have as a, as a business, whether that's through product or, or um, service differentiation, or whether you find some kind of a uh, just a way to package uh, yourself in a slightly different way that you can create. Uh, a set of distinctive assets that this um, provides the distinctive way for people to recognize you and your brand. So, I believe there is, um, uh, you are, um, when you're creating brand strategy or a way to position the company, I I do believe you have to be somewhere in the middle, uh, if not fully on the differentiated side. Because if you are truly differentiated, then it should be very easy for you to create distinctive brand assets. But you should never just be relying uh, be relying completely on just distinctiveness alone with no differentiation whatsoever even if your product or service lacks it i think you you don't have to invent it but you have to certainly find a way maybe to change up your business uh, model slightly uh, so that there is something unique uh, about you as compared to your competitors so that's kind of the key takeaways from from this uh, conversation and um, we are actually holding a a new live debate this Tuesday uh, 9th of February 2021. Uh, that's today uh, if that's when the, this episode will drop and we are actually going to be discussing um, a few uh, key um, terms within the branding area and that's brand, branding and brand strategy. And uh, I feel like those three uh, is, a, is a very good place for us to start to actually discuss the definitions because again there is that confusion and a lot of debate going on about the uh, topics and uh, in, in this particular episode uh, it will be myself, Steph Havilink, and Rob, uh, not Rob, it will be uh, Rob Myerson will actually be replaced by Frank uh, from Good Day Frank, Regan McCreel. Uh, so Regan McCreel, he's, that's his real name and he goes by the name of Frank because m- most people find it easier to remember Frank uh, And he runs Good Day Frank on Instagram. And of course, uh, Steph Hamelink runs Let's Talk Branding uh, podcast and so, uh, social media um, handle. So uh, the three of us will be talking uh, about this topic. So if you happen to catch it live on YouTube, uh, let me know if you've um, come through it from listening to this podcast. Um, put a comment in, in, the, uh, in the live chat and participate. And I'd love to hear your point of view about this conversation about brand differentiation and brand distinctiveness. Uh, And uh, I'd love to hear from you uh, if you can just um, follow me on my social media platforms, Uh, Instagram would be the easiest. You can send me through messages or follow-up questions about these topics. And uh, just to wrap up, I will leave you with some book recommendations as to what has been recommended and kind of what we discussed in the episode. So there is a book called Positioning by Al Reese and Jack Trout. There is How Brands Grow by Byron Sharp. There is Building Distinctive Brand Assets by Jenny Romanuk. Then there's the brand Flip by Martin Neumeyer. And then there's Zag by Martin Neumeyer. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, It would mean the world to me uh, to hear your feedback. And uh, it would help me tremendously uh, to get the podcast heard by more ambitious creatives like yourself. So if you enjoyed this conversation... In this topic, please do share it with uh, someone else you might think uh, would enjoy this. And uh, just remember that the world needs your creativity, and you have the power to ignite it. I'll catch you on the next episode.